welcome to The Political Pod with me, James Filial, part of Bailiwick's Disassembled series, taking a closer look at Jersey's political world. It's been a world dominated this week by two well-known Jersey place names, Samurai and Plemont. Can one replace the other? What started as an issue about rehab care has rapidly become a venting of views on the island's health service, the future care model and how services will be given at Overdale. We kicked off the week with two of the island's most senior medics saying that reopening Samurai was an issue of clinical safety and would be a mistake. They went into bat in open letters, media briefings and states members meetings, along with a rapidly becoming infamous video on social. But then right at the last minute, after doggedly and very publicly making their case, those top medics had the rug pulled out from under them when ministers U-turned and accepted a proposition which might see Samurai reinstated. Confused? Well, let's see if we can clarify that with this week's studio guest, Senator Steve Pallett. It was Senator Pallett who bought the proposal, and I'll read the key part of it now. To reinstate the full suite of stroke and injury rehabilitation services, facilities and beds at the earliest opportunity, but no later than the 1st of March 2022, either at Samurai Ward at Overdale or another suitable location. That's what ministers rejected, campaigned against, and then in a spectacular U-turn, accepted. But the debate still happened and it heard the island's politicians express some of the strongest views heard in many years about the state of the health service. Then, in the end, it went through unanimously. Senator Pallets, were you surprised by the strength of feelings your colleagues expressed about the health service this week? Uh, morning, James. No, I wasn't. Uh, I was expecting a, a, a really emotive and um, uh, a lot of heart-wrenching speeches. We got that, um, but we got a lot more than that. We got some things that I wasn't expecting, um, and it certainly wasn't my intention to, I, I think, widen the issue out into into the care model or uh, whistleblowing or some of the other issues. Um, uh, you know, the the issues around staffing, staffing levels, all those things. Uh, came out during the debate, um, and that wasn't the intention. The intention was purely to to concentrate on rehabilitation services. Um, but uh, I, I suppose it's been something that has um, been a positive outcome of the debate, is that it's, it, it, it has taken a wider look at some health outcomes. Now, there was a lot of criticism uh, around misinformation, particularly in the health minister's uh, speech and he, he spoke about facts which weren't facts and had been put into public domain wrongly and he suggested some of that came from you. Do you accept that? Well it depends what he means by that. If he's questioning um, some of the patient stories that I, that I, and experiences that I, that I put to him, they all come from um, documents that I received. Now I'm not going, to, they are private documents, I'm not going to give names up of people that have given me things in, in confidence. Um, I think the facts around um, uh, was there was there a, what was the saving made for example between Plemont and Samaria? A fact they are they are written questions to which they've given us answers unless he's going to change those answers as well after some of the uh, freedom of information um, mess ups that they made recently. But um, no, I think the information that we, we gave was uh, was given in uh, was given in the in the uh, was all taken from documents that uh, I think are factually correct. This is a danger, though, isn't it, when you, when you draw one of these issues into the political domain? I mean, essentially, we're talking about what's the best way of rehabbing yeah. people with a serious injury. Now, surely that's a, that's a question for the medics, right, not for you guys. Uh, 
give I accept that to it to a degree. Um, but when you've heard so many stories from people to say that the the the, um, the level of care they've received, both inside and outside of hospital, has dropped to the level that it has. Um, it is right that politicians question the minister and senior medics as to um, what they are going to do about improving that service. It's not for me to tell them how to provide that service, but from just from from a pure common sense point of view, if we had a uh, a, uh, a, a rehabilitation unit that we know was providing good service and. and and top quality service before, and it's been unused for 87 weeks, is it not right that I question why it's not been used for that period of time? It does bring out this broader issue, though, doesn't it, that in some ways this wasn't really about Samurai. And what I mean by that is that there was so much venting about the health service more generally, you know, talk about uh, transparency and governance, and even in the debate today about uh, COVID restrictions and access. There was was comments way more about the state of the health service. Do you think this was, uh, in some ways, I think John Young used the phrase, a catharsis, when politicians, after two years of pandemic, they had really strong views, they have really strong views, about the state of the island's health service. And what you did was give them a platform for it. Uh, yeah, I can't deny that. Um, whether it's catharsis is, an, is, an, is, a, is another question. Um, you know, I, I accepted in my in my closing speeches and summing up that, uh, and the chief minister went hard at this. Was around the um, the issues of COVID and the uh, the effects it's had on staff, um, and the effects it's had on the, uh, the the department to be able to deliver services. And, and we have to accept that to some degree. But I think some of the excuses given for uh, the lack of good quality rehabilitation services over such a long period were were inexcusable in my in my view. There has been opportunities to re-engage with um, uh, what we have, which is a, a fit for purpose rehabilitation unit, and they've chosen not to do that. Um, the the wider issues, um, I, I think it is right they were brought out. I think they were brought out in a sensitive way. I, I don't think. Uh, uh, you know, I think the important thing here was is that it wasn't aimed at staff. Um, it was more aimed at ma- management, and I know Richard was pretty, uh, Deputy Renoff was pretty unhappy about you know um, uh, me mentioning managers and 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 and, and uh, in, in in some way blaming them. But at the end of the day, um, managers make decisions, and senior staff make decisions, and I think they've made some poor ones. Come on, though. I mean, the, the debate was pretty feisty. I mean, you know, you, we, we both listened to it this yeah. week. You say it was done sensitively. There, I think there were some of the strongest words I've heard about the health service in 20 years in Jersey. Uh, yes, because I think it has... There, there are issues within the, the service. I was aware of them when I was assistant minister. Um, I think all it's done is, I think, got worse over a, over a period of time. I don't think senior management are listening to their staff. Uh, they're not listening to the feedback. They're not. Uh, they're not offering them an opportunity to speak openly about some of the issues that are uh, that are arising on a day-to-day basis within the hospital, and that's causing resentment within staff, uh, and that's only going to be bad for the service. It, it does mean, I'm afraid, whether they like it or not, people have turned their back on working in the health service, and um, considering we are going to struggle to recruit staff, we don't need to lose staff, and the, the retention rates are poor. 
Um, and we've got to improve on it. Where, yeah. where, where does this go, though? I mean, you could argue the health service is our most important yeah. public service. I mean, obviously, that's debatable. Yeah. But, you know, there's an argument to be made for that. Yet, uh, some of the views expressed this week, as I say, were the strongest that perhaps we've heard in a generation. So, you know, where does this go? You know, you are uh, one of a group of politicians responsible for that, not directly. You know, you're not an assistant minister, you're not a minister, but you're not directly responsible, but you are someone who is is governing in Jersey. So where does this go next? Well, we can't leave it where it is. Um, You know, I've already had emails today going, what are you going to do next? Well, we've got to follow up on what we're doing. Specifically, specifically around rehabilitation, we're going to have to question. We're going to have to push, push, and pr- put pressure on the minister to deliver what was uh, what was in P one or five on the wider issues. Uh, I've already spoken to some states members about um, how we can hold the senior management and and the and the minister to account. Um, I, I'll be honest. I mean, votes and no confidence have already been talked about. I, I think we're too late for that. You know, we're only four four months away, four five months away from an election. That's not going to achieve anything. What we want to see is the improvement in the health service, yeah. and we're only going to do that by putting pressure on ministers to deliver. Um, but they've got to start listening um, on rehabilitation, for example. A lot of talk yesterday about involving key stakeholders, patients in uh, in um, establishing what a, a good service should look like. Well, I want to see that within weeks. Not months, uh, because I think that that's something that could be positive but between now and the um, and the election. Let's focus right in on the politics of it all. It was a pretty dramatic evening. The email that came out from uh, Richard Renoff just after eleven o'clock the night before the debate. What, what's your understanding of what actually happened at that meeting? Because ministers really dug their heels in. Uh, I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but they really dug their heels in and they opposed it. They rolled out the island's two most senior medics. They were all over social. It was a very high profile heels dug in campaign and then it flipped i was <laughs> i was in bed when the email came um uh, but i was aware from uh the council of st john's and a couple of other states members that they were having a meeting they were going to be discussing samurai um i didn't know what they were going to do i didn't know what they were going to what they were going to come out with um and i was quite surprised by the by the u-turn it was a it was I've not seen anything in this political term that's been turned on its head in such such a way. I suspect one or two senior politicians um, could see the damage this was going to cause, not only to them, but I think to uh, to at least one political party if they didn't uh, make an effort to uh, at you, least... You, you think they, they realised they were going to lose? Oh. Uh, I, I, they had no doubt. I think there was no doubt that if they'd have run the amendment, they'd have lost it. Um, so I think they had to think how they could uh, extricate themselves from that, and then uh, find a way to, uh, to come to the best poss- possible solution and the less, less damaging solution. What's happened is all states members have voted for it. So to the public, it might look like everybody supported this, but the. What we're going to find out now is what are they going to do? Do you think members actually read your proposition closely enough? Because they really dug their heels in. As I say, they campaigned vociferously against it and then changed. Had they read it closely, perhaps they could have accepted it. Um, I don't think they looked at it until the last minute. I mean, the amendment itself was 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 another eleventh hour attempt to. Uh, 
to change the course of it. It, 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 it was it was lodged at the very last minute on the very last day that it could be lodged. So I think that they have left it to the last minute. Emails I've had from the the, the minister, they've always been the last minute. Uh, and um, you know, this was a serious proposition. This is a serious issue. This affects Ireland's health and some that are in the most need. But they, yeah, they have. They left it to the last, this again, to the last minute. Um, and then they've, um, and, and to be fair, that's not being fair to myself or others because it gives us so little opportunity to actually consider what they were bringing forward. But I think they made a mistake. And then they realised, actually, the, mem- the amendment was as, as, as dug a hole for them and then, then they've got to dig themselves out of it. Did, did you make a mistake with the wording of the amendment? Um, no. uh, sorry, the wording of the proposition in the sense that you, you included this phrase that the services can be provided at another suitable location. I, is that the loophole and do you regret including those words? Um, I, I, I took advice on it from, uh, from other states' members. I also took advice on it from the GREF and we were trying to... Uh, find wording that would in, that would include not only uh, the short term, so getting back into Samurai or the, in the next five or six months, but also the inter, the interim period. Looking back now, I should have had three parts of the proposition. It should have been into Samurai, then the interim, uh, and then the long term. So that was a mistake. But but again, I get back to the spirit of the proposition. There is there is no doubt what states members were voting for yesterday. And I think the minister ignores that at his peril if he is then going to look at the wording and find, attempt to find loopholes in it um, that uh, as much as he thinks are there, um, I think the debate showed clearly they shouldn't be there. Well, look, flesh that out for me. So you've got, what, um, uh, six weeks or seven weeks yep. or so now until the, the, the deadline, March, yep. March the 1st. Just, just say for the sake of argument, the ministers come back and say, well, look, actually, we think we can do all this on Plemont. We can improve services a bit. It'll be fine. We'll stick with Plemont. What's your reaction? Uh, I'd be disgusted. I think there's a lot of states members, uh, patients, families and the public who are going to look at that uh, and in total disbelief after the debate we had yesterday. Um, there are a lot of other issues that need to be resolved around this as well. But to ignore that and just fall behind the clinician's view, oh, we think cl- uh, Plemore's the right way, uh, the right place to do this clinically, will not be accepted. Um, we're running out of road, though. That's that's the problem we're going to have in, in terms of bringing another proposition to force him into doing something different. Um, I've just got to hope, and this is a big word, but it's one that's going to come up a lot in this this um, the Rumpty election. I just hope that the minister and other ministers, including the chief minister, uh, have some integrity and actually do what the public want them to do. Um, they haven't done much of that in this political term. But they need to show some. They need to show some backbone and actually get on and do what is what is best for those that are in in need. All right. So let's be let's be a hundred percent clear on this. The the only thing you would accept, and you think states members generally yeah. would accept, given the the experience you had this week, is a reopening of Samaray Ward at Overdale for a short for a, for whatever sh- length of period before the hospital is built. It's going to be demolished, right? It is. So what is the point of reopening it with that hanging over it? 
Because the, the, the level of service is so poor at Plenwell at the moment, um, and we know that from patient experience on a day-to-day basis. They can't deliver the level of rehabilitation that, that's needed for these patients. They are, being, they are being pushed out the door, sent home, not getting the wraparound services they need in the community, uh, and their, their health is deteriorating because of it. That's not acceptable. That's a lot of disruption, though, right? So you've got to move people out of yep. Plenwell back to Samaray, yep. and then they'll have to move out of Samaray again when the builders come in. Yep. That's what you want. It's a breathing space. Look, we can get patients back in there, I think, sooner than six weeks. We've got 14, 15, 16 patients uh, that I think could easily be transferred back to, back to Samurai into an environment that's going to that's gonna improve their care. Um, now, whether it's three months, four months, five months, it's going to be at least four or five months. During that period of time, they're going to get the care that they need in the environment that they need it in. Um, while the minister can decide where he's going to provide that interim care for the next four or five years while the hospital's built. Um, but it can't be Plemel. Plemel's not big enough. It's not got, the, uh, it's not got the, the facilities. And it will never have the facilities. It's not big enough. It can't. It won't, can't cater for that level of rehabilitation. You've got uh, well, at least a couple of key meetings with the team that provides rehabilitation services in Jersey. You were... You were Asked to do that this week, well, you've agreed to that. do that. So what happens if you sit down with those guys and they say, look, Senator Pallet, you just don't really understand this. We can deliver this care and we're the professionals. I've got to listen to them. You know, I was promised a, a meeting with the, with, the, uh, with the rehabilitation team and Professor Massey, and I can't think of his other name. Massey, um, Massey Taylor. That's it, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I have to listen to them. I have to see what they've got to say. But it's going to take some convincing uh, on my part for them to say to me, Plemore is, a, is, an, is an adequate place to provide care. Um, I've been there. Um, I've seen it up front, and um, it's, a, it's a small acute medical ward. It's not suitable for providing the type of rehabilitation that patients need after a stroke. It's noisy. It's busy. Um, it's what you expect of an acute medical ward. It's not. It's, it's not a suitable place to provide that type of care. I just am amazed that the minister just doesn't accept that. All right. Let's finish with the key dates then. So, uh, in terms of when, what exactly happens next, yep. and what exactly are you looking for? And then we've, you know, the people, islanders have got a clear picture of the next steps because this is a big subject for people. Well, we're gonna. We know March the first is the date in the uh, proposition. Um, we've got a state sitting on February the 8th. By that period of time, I will expect it to have seen some movement and some indication about what's going to happen. If I don't see that over the next two or three weeks in between February the, uh, now and February the 8th, then I'm going to be asking more questions in the states as to what he's going to be doing um, around uh, the proposition. So February 8th, is the, is, in terms of a timeline, gives me and others the opportunity to ask questions, oral questions and written questions, as to what you're going to do. If I feel that there is not movement in the direction... Well, one is uh, that we haven't been promised the things that have been promised, like the meetings, and there's not, we're not moving where we need to go, then um, uh, we're going to have to seriously consider, um, is there a need for another proposition? Uh, is there a need to, to tighten this up? Um, is do we have to put pressure on the minister in other ways? Which is such a late day in in this political term might not really gain us anything, but 
sometimes you've got to do things from a principled point of view. And if he's not uh, acting in a way that we think is, is reasonable, then we may have to do that. Um, but this is about patience. It's got to be about patient-centred care, and it's got to be about doing the right thing for patients. Now, I've got to do whatever I can to put the patients in the best possible place for their care. Now, that's what he should want to do, but he's not. But he's not doing. Well, I'm not saying he's he's not doing it because we, we don't know he's not going to do it. But if I get the feeling he's not going to do it, then I think we're going to have to push hard. Senator Pallets, thanks very much for your comments this morning. And thanks to you for listening for the first of the Bailiwick Political Pods. It's all part of our Disassembled series, which you can check out on Bailiwick Express starting this week. Please do like and share it. I know it's tiresome, but it really does help to get politics in Jersey a wider audience. You can find this pod and our weekly news pod in all the usual pod places, and we'll be circulating them on our daily emails and on Bailiwick Express. That's it from me, James Filial, for now. See you again next week. Thank you.